Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. And whatever you do, make that vote of yours count, and I hope you're among those who will be helping out at the polls. It's a great constitutional republic we have, but now we need watchful eyes on our democracy because, as we all know, there are those who rig and those who steal elections. And we've had all of that any of us care to have. No more. Sixteen primary elections are running this month, and those elections are big. All of them are important and There are five of those elections being held today, and they are, as I said, important. Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, and Washington. Almost a third of the elections that will be held this month being held today. And there are huge battles underway for the GOP nominations for the governorship, the Senate, and the Attorney General in the great state of Arizona. In Arizona, favored as of Election Day, President Trump's endorsed candidates Carrie Lake for governor, Abe Hamada for attorney general, and Blake Masters for U.S. Senate. And in Phoenix, working for the election of those candidates, a great American, Cash Patel. He's also our guest here today on The Great America Show. Cash is an attorney, former chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense, House Intel Committee has his own podcast called Cash's Corner, and he's written a best-selling children's book entitled The Plot Against the King. Cash, it's great to have you with us. You're working right now for those America First candidates. How do they look? How strong? Well, Lou, it's always great to be on your show, one of the best in the country. And yeah, I'm out here winning back the West with America First candidates. And uh, you know me, if President Trump endorses a candidate, I'm going to be on the trail pounding for uh, people like Carrie Lake for governor, Blake Masters for Senate, and Abe Hamada for attorney general. It would be quite something, and I think we're going to do it, if we took all three of those seats in a state like Arizona, because people have seen the consequences of a border state that has been failed by their federal government when it comes to illegal narcotics, human trafficking, and illegal entries, and illegal aliens committing crimes. And I think this place is fed up with it. And uh, the people in Arizona are going to elect this suite of uh, candidates, America First candidates. Well, it, it's great to hear. And I know that if anyone can boost uh, these folks, it is Cash Patel, uh, <laughs> a, true, a true warrior for America First uh, and for MAGA. It, it's, just, it, it's just great to talk with you. I, as we look at what's going on out there, so many conflicting mm-hmm. signals coming out of uh, the governor's office still uh, mm-hmm. And the ridiculous, uh, to me, candidates that emerged in the Republican primary, to me, Carrie Lake just stands so far above all of the rest of those candidates. Uh, it's It shouldn't even be close, is it? I don't think it is. And I can just give you the empirical data. You know, Lou, I'm not a I'm not a pollster. I'm a national security guy. And but when I came out, we were in Tucson last night. 
about an hour and a half north of Phoenix for an event at a venue that we sold out um, three times the allotment that the fire brigade would let in. And we had a line down the street when we had Kerry ah. Lake headlining event with us and Blake Masters and Abe Hamada. And I'll tell you, I do these, I do these uh, rallies and I do these uh, events around the country. I've been in at least 12 different states. That was the largest and loudest crowd I've ever heard. They, these people are engaged. So if they're that engaged in a liberal city like Tucson, Arizona, I can't wait till we go live in Tempe, Arizona tonight where we're supposed to have double the crowd. And that, to me, tells you everything you need to know about the candidates that are running here. Well, that sounds great. And uh, I think your analysis is uh, spot on. As a young reporter, I worked in Arizona, and uh, when you describe Tucson, uh, Tucson's what I would call a deep blue <laughs> liberal city. Uh, but, but that's, you know, for a guy who started working in Yuba, Arizona, so it's quite a different world. I, I, I just would, uh, I, I just think that uh, so highly of Cary Lake, I, I, I talked mm-hmm. recently with Abe Hamaday, and I had not talked to him before. Uh, five minutes of talking with him, and man, I, I wanted to see him elected immediately. Uh, he's just a, <laughs> a, a he's a great guy, smart as a whip. Uh, he understands uh, the values and and uh, the stakes here. I, I just was so impressed with him. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Lou, I think I'm I'm biased when it comes to Abe. We're both former federal prosecutors. You know, Abe served in the military. I was in the military as a civilian. We both know how the law enforcement system works over there. And when you got, and I think you've also learned the importance, not you, but uh, many people in Arizona, the importance of having a person with prosecutorial experience be your state attorney general, because they're the ones not only um, directing your election standards and your election reform standards and protecting against election fraud, but in a, in a state like Arizona, you need a crime fighter in your Arizona. Uh, state AG. And, and Abe has gone out there and said he's going to take on the cartels in Mexico and help seal the southern border and stop the illicit flow of narcotics, killing the youth here and the rest of America. And I'm not hearing too many other people say that in a border state, and which is why I think Abe is the right guy for the job. I'm going to hold him to it. He's a friend now after I endorsed him, but I think he's the real deal. He is going to help secure law enforcement priorities in Arizona, which will help the rest of the country, which is why it's so important, because China's pouring in fentanyl illegally, and illegal immigrants are coming in on the Soros caravans day by day, and that's impacting not just Arizona, but the entire country. And Abe sees the bigger picture, which is why I'm such a big fan of him, and he's made such a priority to combat these illegal activities. And so, um, and, and he's just a charismatic individual. It's it's hard not to want to see him succeed. Exactly. And he understands the importance of that border uh, and border security uh, and national security all the same. And when we look at the fentanyl issue as you, as you raised it, uh, that with the, we talk about 100,000 overdoses, but the fact is we understand now that those, that's a mass poisoning. The ingredients are being shipped into Mexico from China. From China, the cartels put it together, and they start shoving that stuff up uh, into El Norte uh, to to destroy our youth. Fentanyl is now the number one killer of 18 Mm -hmm. to 45-year-old Americans, and no one is talking about it in this federal uh, administration, this Biden administration. I, I don't know what to call them. They're a bunch of Marxist dims. They happen to have the levers of power. It's one of the most disgusting moments in our history. 
You're absolutely right. And, and I think the fact that people are finally starting to talk about it shows you how much of a negative impact this has had on our Amer- everyday Americans in middle America. And you're right. You know, these people in their gilded houses like Nancy Pelosi and company uh, don't see the everyday drug overdoses. They're not impacted by them, but everyday Americans are. And I've been saying it for a year now that Chinese fentanyl will be responsible for killing more youth than any single thing in America has killed over 100,000 in the last year. And people have to start waking up to that. And it's not just a federal government operation. It is a federal government failure to declare, to not declare war on the cartels and to not have this a national security priority. Instead, they're too busy talking about the weather and white rage. But you need statewide offices. You need Cary Lakes in Arizona. You know, you need guys in out west and gals who are going to combat the mission that our federal government has failed to do. Narcotics is one of them. And now you're seeing the border wall, of course, uh, you know, not surprisingly being built because even this <laughs> Biden administration can't duck away from the fact that it worked and too many people are dying and too many Americans are being victimized by illegal immigrants for crimes such as rape and murder. How much is enough and how much is the West Wing media going to help them cover for? Uh, and they'll cover for it till till whatever <laughs> yeah. is over. Uh, as you know, <laughs> what's funny is to watch the the idiots in the White House try to cover for their president, and they're still referring to it as a racist wall, even as they are building yeah. sections of the wall. Now, they can It is so pathetic to watch these people operate. Uh, and talking about going to war against the cartels, it looks like we may have to go to war against China. China is yeah. talking tough. Uh, it's one thing when they're pushing uh, Joe Biden around. Now they're pushing around Speaker, Speaker Pelosi. Now, the difference between oh, Pelosi yeah. and, and Biden is she's genuinely tough. This is not going to be an easy project for the commies. And what they have said is, you know, if, if she goes in, so be it. Just pray for her. And I think it's about time somebody with some standing, some authority stand up and say to the to the Chinese, no more rhetoric, or you're going to eat something, and you're not going to get anything but the indigestion from it. Uh, here is Kirby, Admiral Kirby. His response mm-hmm. to all of this has been that uh, you know we're just going to not support Taiwanese independence. That's coming out of the DoD that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. That's a former U.S. Navy admiral talking like a conflict-averse bond trader. Who in the world (laughs) are these people, Cash? Lou, you're right, and I'm glad you're playing this because nobody's talking about this clip. Um, I mean, unless I've been asleep for 20 years, that is a tectonic shift in the United States position on China and Taiwanese relationships. Now we have a, we have a U.S. commander in chief saying we don't support Taiwan and their independence. Look at them slip that one under the rug while the Speaker of the House is out in that theater and she might stop in Taiwan. I think you're right. The Chinese. And this is why Donald Trump put such an emphasis on it. They are our number one adversary, period, in everything from military to economic uh, to diplomatic relations. China is our number one enemy. 
And we, uh, under the Biden administration, have seen the consequences when you politicize the national security apparatus and you have rubes like Kirby go to the podium and make a historic change in American policy and have no one cover it because they're just empty words. And the Chinese government hasn't been listening since Joe Biden ascended to the presidency. They don't care what these people say or do. And they have little respect for the likes of Nancy Pelosi hobnobbing around their, you know, in and around their country. And I do, you know, I, I might be in the minority, but I think it's a terrible idea at this point for Nancy Pelosi to touch down in Taiwan because we don't have the infrastructure or the audacity to protect any of our citizens, let alone the Speaker of the House, should something go wrong. But while she's out there, she's getting undercut by her best friend, Joe Biden, and saying we don't support Taiwan anymore. I mean, this is record news and no one's talking about it. It is. It is stunning stuff. And Kirby. He makes news most of the time if people would just listen to him because he is adroit <laughs> at, the, at the ambiguous, uh, the ambivalent, uh, and the uninformed. It is, to me, a remarkable moment in history where the Speaker of the House has more guts and more presence mm -hmm. and more focus than the President of the United States, or let's go to the what would be Nancy Pelosi's uh, number two boss uh, in the succession of things, uh, Kamala mm -hmm. Harris. But you know who's <laughs> missing in all of this? What happened to Secretary of State Blinken? Is he Blinken? <laughs> I, I mean, he's disappeared from the face of the earth. He's got nothing oh, to yeah. say about Ukraine, Russia, China. Where the hell is he on Venezuela and South America and Central America? The takeover of Central America by the communist Chinese. Does anybody in this administration awaken with maybe just a sip of coffee and a little, just a little mental focus? <laughs> well, you know what, Lou? I hadn't even thought of it until you put it out so brilliantly just now. You're right. Where is the secretary of state? What He's supposed to be leading the charge on diplomatic relations. And I haven't heard from this guy in two months that I can recall anywhere. He's not traveling. He's not giving press conferences. He's not dictating the policy diplomacy that's supposed to be happening from our State Department. Instead, you, you, you know, you put it astutely, you have, you have Nancy Pelosi flying around the world and commandeering for herself from the legislative branch the authorities at the executive branch is failing to perform. And maybe that's her ploy. Maybe that's what she's trying to do. And she's trying to show these people up. And maybe in the long term, her game is to show enough of her party that Joe Biden can't run for a second term. So that'll be an interesting conversation. I, I think that uh, uh, Joe Biden is going to be forced to pardon his son, Hunter, in the near future and uh, not run for a second term. And maybe Hillary, our friend Hillary will jump back in. But that's a, that's a different tale. Yeah, it, it, it's a different one. I want to get to it, but I my guess on on Anthony uh, Anthony uh, Blinken, uh, Secretary of State, and Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, is my guess is this at this very moment with all that's happening in Ukraine, all the threats emanating from the Kremlin, uh, with all of the threats emanating from Beijing and Xi Jinping, my guess is that those two men right now are in their private uh, toilets grabbing hold of porcelain and puking their guts out with fear, uncertainty, and anxiety about what to do next because they knew who the commander-in-chief is. Uh, I, I mean, I'd be scared to death, too, to tell you the truth. You know what? You're, I think you're right. 
I think the top two cabinet secretaries, the SecDef and the SecState, have been completely muted uh, by the incompetence and politicization of the national security apparatus. Now, listen, they're not innocent in this. They've helped us get there. They've steered the uh, machine so that America has gotten so weak that we have no authority left overseas whatsoever. We have no capabilities to uh, assuage the enemy from attacking us. China is pillaging us via TikTok and all these other matters, Huawei and everything else. They're stealing American information and information in warfare is key. And everybody's focused on how much more money we can print to give to the Ukrainians rather than how much we can focus on American national security and American citizens. And that's the message that's been lost. That's the message, though, that's been transported by the likes of Austin and Milley and Blinken and whoever else is in this uh, this guy's cabinet. It's been a total failure of diplomacy and leadership, and this is where we are now. What a list of the inept. Uh, and it's just, they're killing us with fentanyl. They got away with releasing the Wuhan virus to the world without warning anyone. The moral equivalency of, uh, of certainly murder. Uh, and there's no response from the world. And, and by the way, no mm-hmm. response from the United States either. We are hardly blameless. Instead, we have Biden in the White House appeasing, going <laughs> soft is too much. He is embracing servitude uh, as he uh, bows to Xi Jinping. It is, it's appalling. And the left-wing media, cash, they just, they are so corrupt and, and, and servile as they bow before their corporate masters to do what they're told by corporate America and Wall Street. It's just a disgusting time for a working man, a working woman, their families. Anyone in this country who is a patriot has got to be just sick to their stomachs right now. I think you're right. And I think that's what we're seeing in, in these statewide races, whether I'm in Arizona or Nevada or Washington State or what floor down in Florida or where have you. I think you're seeing that so much in the American citizenry who used to be quiet and expected our leadership to perform have seen what happens when they fail to perform, which is why they're showing up in such record numbers to events that we're all doing for America first candidates around the country. And that's how I think people are, have realized, and I believe it's the only way, to force change needed in Washington. They have now seen what happens when you hand over the radical left Democrats, the the gavels, the majorities in Congress. They will run the unselect committee from January 6th uh, from now into the moon to create false narratives and fake disinformation campaigns that the left-wing media will carry because they're all in bed together and they're getting paid together and they're making each other rich when they leave Congress. They're getting hired by New York Times and CNN and MSNBC. But the American citizenry is waking up and saying, whoa, 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 we have to stop this. And the way you stop it is by statewide offices who have who have control over how your elections are run, not the federal government, and then sending folks to Congress in the midterms with a Republican majority to investigate matters of consequence. Why the FBI is so corrupt, not just on Russiagate, but what is going on in the Hunter Biden laptop investigation? Where are those criminal charges? How are corrupt FBI agents allowed under Chris Ray a total failure to have zero accountability when they violate the law, yet they are allowed to launch massive political witch hunts against everyday Americans who are um, exercising their rights, be it on January 6th or elsewhere? And this Department of Justice is just as corrupt and liable for depriving so many innocent people of due process um, under the law that, you know what, people around the country have said, that's it. 
we can't have you guys anymore. Even the people that used to be quiet are starting to make noise. And I think that we are reaching a breaking point. Well, I, I like you hope that the American people will make a large, loud and, and convincing noise on November 8th. Because we must. Uh, Abe Hamad said to me on this show uh, that, you know, people need to remember that this this country's federal government was created by the state governments, 13 of them, and that it's mm-hmm. going to take the state governments to actually rescue this federal government this mm-hmm. time. And I believe he's exactly right. And I think it's a wonderful way to put it, because this you know, and no one knows more about the national security apparatus of this country than than Cash Patel. So I want to ask you this: We know that the FBI is pervasively, uh, completely corrupted politically, but <laughs> yeah. we also know that half of that operation, at least more than half, is devoted to national security, which means that they are also part of the intelligence community. And we know that mm-hmm. the intelligence community, at least as it uh, as it's represented by the CIA, is corrupt through and through. Where does this end? I mean, where does the, is there a is there a moat around our intelligence agencies that keeps them uh, from further corrupting the government itself, or is this government wide? It ends. It ends. It's unfortunately, it's right now. It's endemic in certain levels of every agency and department. And what I mean by that is, look, I've worked at the DOJ, the FBI, the DOD, and the IC, and some of the senior most positions. And when we have leadership and personnel there that don't bow to partisan whims and and the left-wing media, we get the job done because we put the mission first, like we did under President Trump. What happens when you allow these people to flourish into cabinet positions like the names we've been talking about is they put they pull up the few folks in those agencies and departments who believe that they're the the system of government in America is failing and for some reason we need to move towards socialism and give them jobs. And the way you change that, and I and look, I believe this the following statement. The most of the people I serve with who are still in these government agencies are great Americans. They do awesome work on the national security front. They're being suffocated by the likes of Chris Ray and Merrick Garland and Lloyd Austin and Blinken and whoever the guy is at CIA and, and whatnot. These people have been put in to politicize the national security apparatus. So how do you stop it short of 2024 and another Republican president? When the midterms are won, you subpoena every one of these individuals. The Republicans hauls them before Congress under oath and demands all the documentation to expose the corruption in the Hunter Biden laptop, in the Russiagate sequencing, in the election stuff, everything. And you force them to provide that like they are forcing Americans today on January 6th committee to force themselves into court. We must do what they did to us. But the difference is we will have the facts. We know they've been corrupt. We know they've been political and we know they've been hiding information from the American public. And that is the job of constitutional oversight in Congress. They're supposed to expose the waste, fraud and abuse through the whistleblower programs and through subpoenaing cabinet secretaries and I hope they have a big list on day one after we win the midterms, and they better go full tilt into these people because that's the only way to slow and stop until 2024. And and the the 800 people that on January 6 whose rights have been trampled, they've been tortured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, I'm using the, the term advisedly. 
These prosecutors, the FBI, have participated along with the Bureau uh, of uh, Prisons. They have absolutely tortured those people. They have. Uh-huh. It's just sickening to watch. Uh, innocent in every respect. Uh, they are guilty, some of them, of thought crimes. Harvard put out a study that only 8% of the people out on the, in the demonstrations of the riot of, uh, of, of January 6th uh, were, wanted an inter- insurrection. That's, a, that's quite a difference uh, in statement than who participated in an insurrection or attempt to overthrow the government. They did not. They may have wanted to see a civil war. They may have wanted to see an insurrection. But between between wanting and doing, there's no distinction in this Justice Department. These are sickening zealots of the left. And by the way, these judges, many, not all, but men, most of them certainly, have are participated in just the oppression of January 6th. It has become a, a, a crusade, a, a jihad of the left. And it's can we do anything about it before 2024? I don't know. You know, as a as, look, as a former federal public defender, uh, a guy who used to go into court and champion due process because due process is blind. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's shocking to me to see the liberals who used to say they used to own the rights to the Constitution when it came to due process. And the people like in the public defender community, the ACLU of the world, it's shocking to hear their deafening silence when the rights, as you outlined, of the January, so many of the January 6 detainees are being violated. People are being held no bond who have no criminal history or little criminal history uh, because the judges have bought into the political farce that these prosecutors have shoved into the courtrooms. And they are all, I agree with you, complicit in the unlawful, un- illegal detention of so many of these individuals. And, they're, and one of these individuals tragically committed suicide. And so many others are forcing themselves to plead guilty early so they can get out of solitary confinement in these, in these um, you know, conditions in prison, which are just terrible. And short of 2024, again, the only lever we have right now is to win back Congress and then conduct oversight over these prosecutions and prosecutors over these judges. And that falls to the Judiciary Committee and the House and the Senate to haul the attorney general and the Bureau of Prisons chief and every one of these prosecutors into court to say, what is your justification for holding 60 year old women with almost no criminal history behind bars because they trespassed? And oh, by the way, into the Capitol, as you say, why is there a double standard of justice when Stephen Colbert's kangaroo crew goes in and commits the same offense and the Capitol Police arrest them for the same offense and all of those guys get a get-out-of-jail-free card. But if you're a Republican and you're pushing Trump, you are detained in prison without bond. That question needs to be answered, and I think that's what's driving a lot of people to focus on January 6th because it's the highlight of the two-tier system of justice that we see going across America. And that, that must be stopped, in my opinion, um, more than any other danger we currently face domestically. And to me, it's Marxist authoritarian justice uh, under the trade style of the Democrat Party. Uh, I, I want mm-hmm. to turn one last question here, and it is a political question. Ronna McDaniel, uh, Ronna <laughs> Romney McDaniel, the chair of the RNC now predicts the Republican Party will only gain four House seats in the midterms. Now, I have talked what? with strategist after strategist, pollster after pollster, 
and the numbers are 40 to 60, a, a landslide, a red wave. And the chair of the RNC goes out on cable television and says only four seats. Is she managing expectations or she is just as dumb as some of her critics say? <laughs> I don't know where that information comes from, but I've said from the beginning of this race that it's a 40 seat swing um, to get a Republican supermajority in the House. And I think we can pick up three to four seats in the Senate. I do think we're going to get Nevada and Arizona and Ohio and possibly even Georgia or Pennsylvania. We do that. And we're getting the 53-54, and that's a massive win. And, the, and, you know, and the RNC, writ large, should be pushing all of these um, right stories out front. Uh, maybe I need to send them uh, my children's book on Russiagate, The Plot Against the King, so they can learn um, <laughs> that there are America First candidates out there uh, who are swinging for their Republican, our Republican Party. And instead of dividing us, maybe they can unify us. And I will... Uh, I will shamelessly say, Lou, that I've just launched today uh, the audiobook of the great book, The Plot Against the King, which is the number one children's bestseller, Russiagate for Kids, and it's out now. So if anyone out there wants uh, a great read, go to gettheplotagainsttheking.com and maybe even grab yourself an audiobook. Uh, we'll, we'll be sending some your way, Lou. Great. And I thank you for that. And we'll be buying them at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and wherever we can find them. Because I believe in boosting great authors like Cash Patel. Cash, we always let our guests have the last word. Uh, the last word is yours. And I, if I could ask your thoughts about the ability of the left to once again rig an election. Yeah, well, look, the, the, the ultimate example of rigging an election is a Hunter Biden laptop, which they dropped as, quote unquote, all 51, you know, geniuses in government said that was Russian disinformation, only to be proven wrong. And none of them retract their stories, including the fake wing media. And now we know Joe, uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are complicit. Hunter Biden definitely committed criminal offenses, in my opinion, that violate the federal tax code and federal crimes relating to foreign agency registration. And so I think those prosecutions against him are coming. But the left-wing media is never going to stop, Lou, and you know that. And the way we win, the way we win is we go on platforms that allow free speech like Truth Social, which is where you'll find me, the only place you'll find me, at Cash, over there. And it's growing by the day, and I see, I see you're, you're posting up there, and the engagement is off the charts. And we have, to, we have to teach Americans that there are alternate places to go to get their news. Your show is a, is a game changer, is a starter. It's the number one way to do it. Uh, but we have to start drafting more and more people over to our platforms so we can get the message out, the truth out, and get them. And I think people are turning off the cable. I think they are. Everywhere I go, people are more and more like, hey, I, I saw this on Truth. I listened to Lou Dobbs. I listened to these great news stations uh, that aren't CNN, and they don't read the New York Times. And I'm happy to call those guys out all the time. So um, I love being on your show, and uh, you're, you're doing great. Uh, service for the American people. I, uh, I hope you keep pounding for us, Lou. Guaranteed. Like you, constant. Constant. And uh, <laughs> and we will prevail. Cash, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Great talking with you today. Have a great rally and uh, great results in Arizona and every other single state in the union. Uh, Cash Patel, great American. Thanks for being with us and God bless you. Thank you, Lou. Godspeed. And thank you, everybody, for being with us today. We appreciate you joining us. 
Please be with us tomorrow for Attorney General Jeff Landry of the great state of Louisiana. We'll be talking about election integrity and much more. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.